Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Dan Chum, bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. The slightly sunburned bearded legend today, having spent a few hours out in the park, he's come back with a bit of a red face today. But hello, everybody. You don't want to know about my dermatological problems. Welcome back. This is episode number 243. Thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. We generally, genuinely appreciate you taking the time out. It was a bit of a shorter one last week, but uh, with two games this week to review, loads of reactions and opinions to get through, it's going to be probably a slightly longer one, I'd say, this week. So let's crack on. No more waffle. Uh, without further ado, we're going to have a quick word, as always, from our sponsor. Absolutely. And I forgot to mention our sponsors in my intro, so apologies to all at our lovely sponsors, AJF Plastering, who we hope you know by now are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company covering all aspects of domestic and commercial work, specialising in silicone colour render systems. And ladies and gentlemen, outlookers everywhere, you must know that the best part is they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you need any work done and if you want more information, you can go and find Adam and the boys in various different ways. You can find them online at their lovely website, which is at www.ajfplastering.co.uk. On social media, at AJF Plastering, on Facebook and on Instagram. Adam's on Twitter, at Big Ads LOFC. Or if you're not on social media, you can drop AJF Plastering an email at ajfplastering at outlook.com. Absolutely. Nicely done there. So just one piece of AOB and it's a sad piece of AOB this week. We were saddened to learn of the passing of another member of the Orient family this week as 88-year-old O's fan George Brooks passed away very sadly. We send our condolences to Paul, the family and all his friends. So always a sad, sad thing to have to tell you about another member of our small tight-knit community family that's, uh, that's passed away. So um, yeah, condolences to Paul and the family. Yeah, condolences to Paul. So let's move on into the week that was. So if you listen to last week's podcast, you'll know that we put that out or recorded that on the Saturday evening. So we're going to start the week that was from Sunday, the 11th of April, when the Orient ladies were in FA Cup third round action against Chichester and Selsey. The game took place at Brisbane Road with Dio's ladies losing a tight, tightly contested game 2-1 they went a goal down they equalised through Catherine Long but couldn't find a way back into the game mm. after Chichester took the lead so unlucky to the ladies yeah unlucky ladies moving on then to uh, month Coulson Monday the 12th of April quiet day at the club nothing to report so we're going to move on then to, to Huey Tuesday the 13th of April yeah and that was time to go finally to Harrogate game that got postponed earlier in the season no chances are happening now we went the Harrogate. The team was announced for this one with Lawrence Vigaru in goal, with Bax Samling, Tunji Akinola, Dan Happy, James Brophy, midfielder Cray Clay, Hector Kiprianu, and Joby McEnough. With Connor Walkinson on the right, Dan Kemp on the left, and the DJ centre forward. On the bench for this one, we had Sam Sargent, Joe Widowson, Josh Coulson, Jamie Turley, Louis Dennis, Nick Freeman, and Tristan Abrahams. Yeah, interested now. I'm kind of hoping that Joby's not dropped those players. Um, for any other, re- for you know, for for game playing reasons, and I wrote that I was kind of hoping that they were injuries to, to to make some sort of logical sense of it. Obviously, 
I don't wish any of our players to be injured. But yeah, a bit of a head scratcher for me. Yeah, it was a bit odd. I mean, we normally kind of put like the changes from the last game. So he dropped Widowson and he took Turley out, and you're thinking. Oh, are you trying to be a bit too clever here with your squad rotation? Because Turley's having a fantastic time at centre-back. Um, so I was surprised to see Turley dropped. And w- again, we've had this conversation so many times on the podcast. I don't want to keep going around in circles. But Joe Widowson, for me, has done nothing wrong at left-back since he's been recalled to the team. So to see him dropped for Brophy there, I was a bit like, oh, really? And for... In my opinion, I don't think the back's been the kind of area that's needed focus. It's been the attack more than anything else or the the creativity. So I didn't actually think the back needed tweaking that much. So for me, slightly puzzled at what Joby had done. I get it, but I didn't like it. Uh, And good to see a 50th appearance for Lawrence Figaro at Leighton Orient. So those were our views. I think we've said, Paul, quite a few times that we're getting lots and lots of engagement when the team's mm. announced. So thanks to everyone who's been sending us tweets upon the announcement of the team. 1965-1881 tweeted us. So Brophy at left-back, most effective position. Turley must be due a rest. And I'm sure Joby has a cunning plan. Yeah, you had good insight there. Uh, Kieran Derry7 said, failed to see what Widdison has done wrong, uh, You know, which goes in line with what you've just said, Steve. Unless he needs a rest or has a slight knock. Glad Akinola is back in, however. Yeah, John McNabo tweeted us, said, yes, drop Turley and Widdison because it's the defence that needs to sort it out. Baffling. <laughs> good tweet that. Stroud-Greeno said, I'm pleased to see Brophy revert to left-back. Haven't seen enough from him playing higher up the pitch. Still think he provides more of a threat from deep on overlap. Harsh on Wooderson, as he's not done a lot wrong, but it's a positive change for me. So some variation in the views there. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think everyone's got their own views on it. And, mm. you know, at the end of the day, Joby has to go with what he feels is right to do. So the match kicked off in a cold Yorkshire Harrogate town with the O's looking for a win to keep their playoff hopes alive and Harrogate looking to improve on their recent in form so Harrogate Town fired the first chance of the game in the 13th minute uh, as Muldoon fired wide of Lawrence Vigarou's goal John Stead missed a great opportunity in the 20th minute as a misclearance from Dan Happy fell to him he somehow fired over from just 8 yards out Dan Happy you are a very very yeah. very lucky young man Stead normally buries those for dinner and Stead normally scores against us um more often than not. So how he fired over, I was very happy to see that one fly higher, mm. uh, higher over the bar and clear it. Just two minutes later, then Lloyd Kelly missed another great opportunity to put Harrogate ahead. Steed got in around the back of the O's defence. His cross wasn't very good. It was completely mishandled by Vigarou. Ball fell to Kelly, waiting for the net to bulge, and he put it over as well. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. <laughs> We've ridden our luck, really, with these last few chances <laughs> that, that Harrogate were missing. I think it's probably a bit of an understatement, but... Our first chance of the game came in the 25th minute as Dan Kemp got in behind his man. Craig's, Craig Clay's defected cross was collected in the end by Belshaw. Sam Ling done well in the 28th minute to stop Steph from getting any of a cross. Very, very brave defending there from Sam. I thought he'd done well there, to be honest. Yeah, agree. Fast forward to the 37th minute and Connor Wilkinson tried the audacious lob of Belshaw, but his effort went just wide. Is Connor Wilkinson turning into Dave Mooney? I think the he is. And the chips. He I loves think, it, doesn't he? I think Dave Mooney lives in Connor Wilkinson. <laughs> it's like the Lion King all over again. 
Rooney living inside Wilkinson. So the rest of the half played out. Nothing of note worth mentioning with the scores even at the break as the teams went in goalless. A tweet from the O's left field maestro back in the day, Dean underscore seven Cox, tweeted us, is just happy it's nil-nil. I can't deal with their press. Too many sideways, backwards passing. We need to be brave, be more creative and take the game to them. A massive 45 minutes. No changes were made at half-time and it must have been one hell of a half-time team talk from Joby McEnough as we took the lead in just the first minute of the second half as Dan Happy won back possession, passed to Connor Wilkinson who dribbled a fair distance and fired a fairly weak shot from just outside the 18-yard box which remarkably beat Belshaw to put the O's 1-0 up. And for me, for me at this stage, it's really not about how good the goals are, it's just making them count and... I don't know, Belshaw's sort of dived over the ball in slightly comical Benny Hill-type fashion, I guess. But, you know, they all count. doesn't matter. They absolutely all count. I think nine times out of ten, Belshaw takes that as a pretty standard, easy save. But, you know, if you're going to go up and you are going to get in the playoffs, you need luck to be in your side. So we saw Harrogate miss two easy chances. and Connor's had a, a... you know, a very tame shot going. So delighted to see that. So we had the momentum at this point. In the 52nd minute, Clay had a strike. That went behind for a corner. And Hector Kipriani couldn't find um, the target from the resulting corner. So you're thinking, right, we're quite good at going up and in holding the lead and looking good. But that wasn't to be the case. No, Harrogate got back in the game with an equaliser in the 57th minute as a Thompson free kick was headed by Jones. And Lawrence Vigoru fumbled at the ball which eventually went into the net and, uh, yeah, equalised. Lawrence is obviously going to be disappointed that he didn't do better there. Not quite sure why we didn't defend better. We seemed to flap a bit and they ended up putting it in the back of the net. A bit disappointing, really. We've both been very big advocates of Lawrence Vigor on this podcast, quite rightly so. But I'd say in the last five, six weeks, he's had a few shockers, shall yeah, we say. Exeter away wasn't great. Cheltenham away conceding that penalty wasn't great um, and now this one and obviously he goes on to redeem himself with a penalty save but it's he's making mistakes that he wasn't making earlier in the season and you know if you're a midfielder and you misplace a pass then you can see the throwing or you know you let someone in if you're a midfielder or if you're an attacker and you don't score you know you can kind of get away with those moments when you're a keeper and you misjudge something Nine times out of ten, it results in your opposition scoring. So it's very hard to be a keeper. But, you know, it wasn't just Lawrence. It was pretty bad defending the entire time there, um, yeah. when they scored. So disappointing to see us chuck away the lead so so early after taking taking it. Yeah, absolutely. But, but as always, you know, we kind of win together and lose together. And it's as much the defenders in front of him as it is him. Uh, yeah. I felt we could have been a little bit more forthright in our defending and... and, and got to that and dealt with it rather than sort of flap a little bit. So, but, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. So, it turned out to be an eventful 11 minutes then. It ended us with us retaking the lead in the 63rd minute. Thanks to the Fox in the box, Danny Johnson, who pounced on another defensive error um, from our opposition. as a terrible crossfield back pass. It was followed up by a weak header back from Burrell to Belshaw, which was basically not powerful enough. DJ as he always does so well, as we've come to see, anticipated it, pounced to stop the ball, passed it out rushing Belshaw, and suddenly it was 2-1 to Rory. Oh, that is a superb poacher's goal, isn't it? 
You know, he's just hanging in there, hanging off the last defender, hanging off his shoulder. And that's what makes him so dangerous. And that's what we've been lacking, really. And, you know, I think if we get more service to him like that, you know, he's going to... He'll end the season really, really strongly. And it's a shame that he's had to pick up on scraps like defenders' poor back passes rather than us being able to supply him. But that is what he does. He hangs off the shoulder of the last defender and then he's in. And before you know it... And then when a defender is going to pass the ball back, he is. It has to be a perfect back pass, otherwise he's getting on the end of it. Yes. So great piece of play there from Danny Johnson. We were two, one up, and in the first orange sub came in the seventy-first minute as Joby McEnough made way for Nick Freeman. Harrogate won a penalty in the seventy-second minute after Dan Happy clumsily brought down Jack Muldoon. Ah, uh, yeah, that was so frustrating to watch. No complaints from the penalty for me. What was Dan Happy doing? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, I mean, again, I think you made a good point saying we win as a team and lose as a team. Initially, there's a very poor back pass out from the back by James Brophy who gives away possession Then we're on the back foot. But then Dan Happy lets Modun get past him far too easily, brings him down, blades the penalty. Like, the minute you get within sniffing distance of a player, an attacking player in the penalty box, he's likely to trip over and go down. So you've got to make sure that you are, you, you are visibly not doing anything to, to, to encourage that behaviour. I'm not suggesting that Muldoon has gone down easily, because yeah, Dan Happy was kind of literally climbing on his back, but you can't do that in the box. And least of all, when you know, we're 2-1 up here, just manage the game out. You know, we've got 20 minutes to go. Just manage the game out now. You don't have to be on his back. You just have to. You just have to shepherd him out. Shepherd him away from goal. Block any cross or shot that he has. You don't have to climb all over the guy to, um, to 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 do your job. But yeah, terrible from James Brophy out of the, like that pass. Like, what are we doing? Why are we inviting this pressure? Why are we our own worst enemy? No, you don't see it from other clubs at our end of the table. So why are we doing it? Are we trying to be too clever? I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, very silly. So, up to that Muldoon to take it. But Lonsby Group gets the right way, made a very good save to keep the O's in the lead and still 2 1. Well placed to Vigoro, like I said, redeemed himself after letting quite a disappointing goal. Yeah, that is a great save. I agree with you. It's, it's always against the keeper. So, if a keeper manages to save it, it was a nice height to be fair, but you've got to guess the right way to do that. So, uh, to make that save. Uh, however, it wasn't long before Harrogate levelled the scores. It was just a couple of minutes on the clock later. Poor defending saw the ball come uh, out to McPake, whose fairly weak shot managed to beat Lawrence Vigaru and rolled into the far corner. And before you know it, it's 2-2. Again, more poor play from us. We didn't do enough to stop the shot. And before that, we didn't do well enough defensively. Again, you know, cut, not for the first time this game, we're saying Lawrence Vigaru is probably going to be very disappointed with himself that he didn't do better. Um, oh, shocking goal. Infuriating watching it back at the time. Um, like you said, we didn't do well enough defensively. Both Akinola and Kipriani both tried to clear it at the same time and they both fumble it um, before the ball actually comes out to their player who scores. So, yeah, really disappointing. At that point, you're thinking, how many chances do you guys need to see this game out in a game that your manager or your interim manager had described as a must-win game? Yeah. So, no, really disappointing to see there. So, 78th minute, we had the second Orient sub as Connor Wilkinson was replaced by Louis Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. Not sure how or why Dennis keeps getting into uh, getting game time, to be honest with you. I, I feel he's offered us nothing, and I'd rather have 
someone like James Dayton out there who has had who has offered us something and has not been given uh, an opportunity really this season. I, I'd like to have seen him have a run of games. I think he'd, he'd be better placed. At least you know he's got some pedigree with us. I don't think Dayton's. I think Dayton's on the red list. I think Dennis, they obviously haven't decided what they want to do with Dennis because they keep giving him these 15-minute cameos. Well, yesterday they started him, that we'll come on to. So 80th minute, then the clock rolled down, as Nick Freeman put in. Sorry, not the 80th minute, the 89th minute. So one minute left. Last roll of the dice and what a chance we had. As Nick Freeman done really well, putting a superb cross from the right. DJ was in acres of space. The ball was coming onto his head and you're thinking... Put your head through it, mate. Back in the net. Let's win the game. Didn't really get the power on the header. Pretty much straight at Belshoff from close range, who saved it. And the guilt edge chance to win the game was gone. Yeah, it was. But just before that, we'd made a substitution as Hector Kiprianu came on for for Tristan Abrahams, um, and we had a chance just before that. But you know that 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 was a weak header. He hundred percent should have scored that in my in my view. That's a match-winning header, and I think a Dan Johnson in August, September, October, November, or December scores that, no question or a doubt. A Dan yeah, Johnson, maybe you had too much time to think about it. Maybe it was the old like Mooney phase. The less time you have, more distinctive you are. Yeah, maybe, or maybe he just didn't expect it to come to him. I don't know. One of the two, but either way, a striker that's that hasn't got many chances needs to bury the ones that he does get. Yeah, disappointing, disappointing. So four minutes of time were added on, played out as the referee brought the game to a close with both sides earning a point. And despite hating the lead twice, the O's had to settle for a point. Yeah, so JB McEnough's interview is on the club's YouTube channel. A couple of paragraphs out of that, though, that we found interesting. He said, we were in a winning position twice. It was certainly a big missed opportunity in terms of getting a win. And I think we rode our luck at times, that's for sure. Defensively, we looked all at sea at times, which is not like us as we've looked very solid for the vast majority of time since I've been in charge. But that certainly wasn't the case today. And I just felt that there was a bit of nervousness around our defending situations. We were, ve- we were a little bit panicky, which resulted in a penalty. And we got, away, uh, we got away with it. Just generally, towards the end, we looked on edge. So that was probably the biggest disappointment, especially that we didn't go on after going 2-1 up where we should have seen the game out. Says it all, really. Yeah. Disappointing. So that meant that league table, we were now in 11th place with the point. Played 41, won 16, drawn 10 and lost 15. Goal even still positive of plus three and sitting on 58 points. So, Mr Levy, being a legend, what are your views on Harrogate? Well, please, we're not talking about a loss because that could quite easily have been a loss, um, which is, you know, like echoing Joby's views there. But for me, that really wasn't a good performance. You know, the, the, their goals were poor goals to concede. We got lucky with um, with with one or two. With, with sorry, with one of our goals. Um, I just don't understand the changes to the starting eleven at the time of writing this. Obviously, um, we, we didn't. We weren't aware that Jamie Turley needed uh, needed to be rested, which I still, with all due respect, don't understand. Uh, why he needed a rest but we should be absolutely burying teams like Harrogate and not feeling lucky that we've come away with a draw because let's face it if they were more clinical they would have put this game beyond us in the first half simple as that we wouldn't have had a second half we'd have had an uphill battle that we quite frankly wouldn't have won they you know we took the lead twice we didn't hold on to it 
really a bit of an analogy of our season. Really, we had to con- we had control and gave it up too easily. Not playing well and not losing isn't always a bad thing, though. And I thought DJ and Kent both had headers that could have won us the game. Danny Johnson's right at the end, especially that was a game-winning header that, and he should have scored that. But you know, it would take the point and move on. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that game absolutely epitomised our season. Like we didn't play well, but we got the lead. We chucked it. We got the lead again. We chucked it again, and then we missed the sitter. Like, how many more chances do you need to get three points at Harrogate in a game that you need to get three points? How how many times will a team go? Here you go, take the win, and you go, no, it's all right, we'll take the draw, and they go, no, you can take the win, and you're like, no, it's okay, we'll take the draw. Do you know what I mean? And I, I'm quite lucky. Like I don't tend to get annoyed at football. Like I, at 4:45 or at half nine when games end or whenever they end these days, I can literally just walk out of the game and go, do you know what? I've forgotten about it already, and and it's fine. It doesn't affect my mood. But when the full time whistle went, I was not happy. I really wasn't happy. At one point, we were two points off the playoff places, and the table was looking strong. So. At that point, it felt like a massive opportunity had been missed. It felt more like a loss than a draw, um, oddly. Um, and then I ended up by saying it was all about next season now for me. Keep the players who are good enough and want to be here. Get the manager sorted, like either appoint Joby or don't, and let's crack on. Obviously, things change. <laughs> and, you know, where we sit tonight, we'll obviously come on to later. But I was not happy after after the Harrogate game so those were our views we had lots and lots of views into us on how the podcast tower was a huge amount of feedback so thanks to everyone who engages with us on our social media accounts and again we try and read out as many tweets as we can but just because we read them does not mean we agree with them Smoko tweeted us straight away kept it short and sweet and said not good enough <laughs> Alf Wounton 96 tweeted in and said poor performance playoffs are over now Sign up DJ, Wilco, Clay, Happy, etc. Get a proven football league manager and we go again next season. Now I'm going to take umbrage on this proven football league manager debate that seems to be rumbling on amongst the Orient fandom. Just because they're a proven manager, what does proven actually mean? Someone that's actually got promotions on their CV? Someone that's just been on the merry-go-round, on the managerial merry-go-round that's, that's managed three, four, five hundred games in the football league? For me, I, 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 this is probably another podcast uh, that, that we have this discussion in, but as, it's, as Alf has brought it up, I don't necessarily think you need a proven football league manager. You look at Cambridge, their manager's not proven. Cheltenham, is their manager proven? I can't think who it is. But you know, there, there are managers out there who aren't proven that, that, that are good enough to, and, and should be given a chance. Slight tangent I, there, but... I agree, I agree in some respects, and others I don't, because... Yeah. There's no perfect the, formula, the, is there? No, the counter-argument is it was either Ross Embleton or Derek Adams. And look at Derek Adams now. And look at Ross Embleton, who's out of a job. So that, so if you look at that in black and white, then you, you can argue that Nigel and Kent made the wrong choice when they appointed Ross Embleton. Um, but then you look at other managers who have been around the merry-go-round who haven't lasted two minutes at clubs they've gone to. So, so like you said, there's no right or wrong. But, you know, if they do appoint Joby, it will be what the third time in a row that they've gone for a less experienced manager and the one who they appointed before Ross, Justin, we all know how successful he was. So 
I think I think an appointment will always split the fan base, no matter who they go for. Yeah. Uh, but good point there from Alf. Paul Ravens, 39, said, so, so poor. Harrogate should have been outside at half-time. The fact that opposition back passes has been our highest assist creator recently says everything. Simply not good enough. Still got to put them away, though, haven't you? The Menace1881 said, awful. Don't get all this playing out from the back when it's the wrong thing to do. Something's got to change. Yeah, good point. Flaherty, MGT, so shambolic at the back. Only Sinji emerges with any credit. Ling was average, happy and Brophy were poor. Clay non-existent and poor attitude. And Kipriani was barely involved. Walkinson has talent, but, like Simpson, doesn't know when to pass. Wrong selection, wrong tactics, poor performance. I said it a couple of weeks back, didn't I, about Connor Wilkinson. He's a striker playing out on the right-hand side. He's going to shoot. That's what he does. Dan Johnson doesn't get service from him. If you had a, Mac, uh, a McEnough, a Brophy, a Kemp um, out in that position, DJ would be getting service and he'd be scoring goals. But because it's a striker out wide, the first thing Connor wants to do is to come in on his left foot and strike at goal, not set Dan, Dan Johnson up. And that's the problem. He is. He just doesn't know when to pass it or to set someone else up because that's not what he's been trained to do throughout his career. And that's why that doesn't happen, in my opinion. Yeah, nicely said. Gary Talbot7 said, sadly, the momentum has now gone. We had to beat Walsall and Harrogate to be properly in the mix. We haven't, so it's League 2 for sure now, and decisions need to be made about the retain list. All right, electrics, a lack of quality from both sides. Defending from us was all over the place. Results went our way again, and we couldn't capitalise. Such a soft underbelly in this team. Yeah. Les LK52 said, for the first time in ages, in defend, the defence sorry, looked shaky and uncomfortable and another mediocre performance against the team desperately out of form. Just not good enough. And I repeat, no real change in performance compared to Ross. Joby is not the man to take us forward, I'm sorry to say. Rich Den M said, not good enough. Massive opportunity with other sides dropping points. And what's happened to Vigaru? Spinning way too many shots and happy is making mistake after mistake. Gold931 said, change made because we wanted to push for the playoffs. Hasn't happened. Need to get experience in for next season to really make the push. The playoff criteria has not been met. Not yet. Yes. Not yet. Phalanx, 235, said, poor performance. Needed to win. Harrogate played so much better than us. Honestly, shocked we had the lead twice. Two mistakes, really. The defence has let us down again. Considering how good we could pick ourselves up at the start of the season, we really have lost our way when it matters. That's a great point. We were like the team at the beginning of the season who ne- would never die or never gives up. You know, that old saying that, that's been associated with Orient. There'd always be like a last-minute goal and they never knew when they were beaten. But when Harrogate equalised and it was 2 all, you never got the feeling we were going to win. Even though we had the opportunity to win, you never got the feeling that a goal was, was actually going to come. Yeah, agree. Uh, Gareth JM said, Dross across so many areas of the pitch. And even in spite of that, when we looked like we might nick a win, we bottled it. Need a brutal clear out in the summer. Love the remaining 18-19 guys, but no room for sentiment if we want to progress. Makes a valid point there about sentiment and moving on and getting play different, you know, a new fresh set of players in. Um, and and uh, alluding to perhaps one or two other comments about, you know, not having the mental fortitude to, to see games out. He, he's used the word bottling it, but 
you know, something isn't quite right for us to take the lead against a team like Harrogate and not see the game out. Yeah, not twice anyway, especially on that on that evening. Orient it is. So we squandered the lead twice after being given a lifeline with the penalty save. Really poor show. We are lacking leadership and players with the confidence to take on the opposition. In fact, the only one willing to take them on was subbed off. <laughs> the Tipping Tim said, one of the worst games of professional football I've ever seen. The pitch... The backdrop and the 22 players wouldn't have looked out of place on a Sunday morning. All almost worth a tenner for comedy value. Glenn underscore Neil said, All this club seems to do is paper over the cracks. One nil wins are ground out results, but in reality, we ride our luck. We are very poor. End off. And I will not pay for another stream this season. The pubs are open. I'm off there with my <coughs> tenner. Owners, please do the right thing. Which is what? Um, Richie J. Bourne said maximum points thrown away to be honest Turley makes the defence solid gives a lot more confidence than with Happy as the back line tonight was really poor and cost us DJ still too isolated and relying on the opposition for assists yeah Sunshine LFC says if you can't beat Harrogate who are a very limited side then you aren't going to be anywhere near the playoffs the season is now properly over Orient Mead Pie said, It was fun in a Keystone Cops kind of way. Standard of football was below National League level. Feels like the players have had enough of the season. So have most of us. Players were always a step too far. Playoffs, sorry, were a step too far. But we're comfortably safe. I'd have taken that before the season. Yeah, I sponsor tweeted us. Speak ads LFC who said it's about time the board puts much emphasis on what happens on the football pitch other than just generating money the only thing that brings success is what happens on the football pitch penultimate word on this one is Kevin Cowland this week he says defensive performance shambolic in a game we had to win it shows how solid Jamie Turley has been plus being a leader on the pitch and I don't just air all this tippy tappy stuff it gets us nowhere. We need to be braver in the final third and go for it next five games by imposing ourselves. Yeah, good tweet there. And the final word on Harrogate goes to Trousers Techno. He says, score by defending and sloppy all over the pitch simply proved we are not worthy of a playoff place. Changing a defence that looks so solid in all Joby's previous games has backfired and they look likely to concede every time Harrogate came forward. Not good enough yeah so those were everybody's views on the Harrogate game so moving on then to the at Design Cadby Prediction League update so Design Cadby are sponsoring the Prediction League this week they specialise in commercial branding sorry company branding advertising print digital and logo design with all Orient fans getting a 15% discount off their services you can find James on social media at Design Cadby on Twitter Facebook and Instagram, and you can email James now, hello at jamescadby.com. So David Ross, sorry, David Rose 88 is the only correct prediction this week. So absolutely kudos to you for correctly predicting a 2-2 score. And you also had Danny Johnson to score, so you get four points. Well done, David. That's absolutely incredible. A top of the prediction league table roundup will follow later in this very podcast. It certainly will. So let's go on in with the week. Wednesday, the 14th of April, when the club's AGM took place on 7pm, was hosted by Chairman Nigel Travis, who flew over from the US. It was streamed live on YouTube and still available to watch. So joining Nigel was uh, Martin Ling, Marshall Taylor, Danny Macklin, and the guy from finance whose name (laughs) escapes me. Paul something, I can't think either. 
but absolutely great watch. I thought it was really good, actually. I, I liked, you know, the five-year plan that they had, like the points on their five-year plan. I don't think anything, anything on there would really surprise anyone. Um, but always great to see how transparent the board are. Uh, interesting to hear Martin Link talking about players staying and leaving, whether they accept contracts or they don't, and that who's kind of the way they work and how they've got people lined up. Interesting that he name-checked Danny Johnson. I'm sure there was nothing in that, but he did name-check Danny Johnson as, as potentially leaving um, the club. But interesting, interesting. And it would appear mm-hmm. from what they'd said, they still hadn't made their mind up about Joby, although I'm 100% certain he will be appointed yeah, you said that all along. This week, you? next week, by the end of the season, without, yeah. without any shadow of a doubt for me. But a great watch. What did you think of it? Um, yeah, I, I always watch them. I try and watch them live. I always find them very interesting because it's it's always good to hear what's what's being planned behind the scenes. And not being a shareholder myself, these previously under Barry Hearn and Matt Porter, for example, were always done in person, and you could obviously only ever attend if you were a shareholder, which obviously not being one I was never privy to, although I'd very much like to to own a couple of shares in the club to be, uh, you know, privy to these in, in, in the future. Um, but no, I, I always find it interesting to hear views and comments of, of, of what's sort of being planned going, going ahead. I thought Danny Macklin's presentation was interesting. It's very, very comprehensive. Um, quite a bit to digest. I need to watch it back, I think, again. Um, just to sort of help digest a little bit more. But yeah, th- th- there's a lot of good stuff in there. Good questions being asked by fans as well. Um, you know, getting to the nub of what we want to know. And I guess Martin Ling isn't really in a position to tell us anything because no, players not. won't make decisions until they absolutely have to and we're in the midst of the season at the moment. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see who does stay and who does go. That's, I think, the the big question mark, the big who's who's who. Um, you know, who's staying, who's going. I think that's going to be the big the big talking points over the course of the summer, obviously. So, that I, I is just going back on it very quickly. I think there was quite, quite interesting, again, if no one's watched, if someone hasn't watched it, when Nigel spoke about investment. So I think there's going to be quite a lot of money getting pumped into Leighton Orion in the summer. And he kind of alluded to two new board members yeah. um, and saying they'd in fact turned down bigger kind of cash sums for a bigger percentage for ownership in the club. Well, that was really yeah. interesting, the way he kind of speaks about that. So it'll be interesting to see who actually comes in and joins the board. What I will say is I love Ken Teague, and that didn't have enough Ken Teague for that in me. Ken Teague should be doing more than just nodding at an AGM because Ken is so engaging, so passionate. And I know Danny done his presentation, and I know Nigel's obviously over from the States and Kent's in Texas, but give us more Ken we demand more Kentucky. Thank you. <laughs> we the fans are protesting. So let's move on then to Thursday the 15th of April. The club opened voting for the 2021 Player of the Season Award for all players who have played more than 15 games this season. Uh, voting is open, strangely, until Monday the 19th of April. I don't know, understand why it's only a four-day window. The winner's going to be announced at the end-of-season virtual gala dinner on Sunday the 2nd of May. And we were talking about this before, Steve, weren't we? About That's after the last home game of the season. Not quite sure why it's not done on the last day of the season, considering it's not in person. Lots of question marks. And I think the one gripe I have, as I've mentioned to a few at the supporters' club, is the fact the club seemed to have hijacked this. This was always a supporters' club event, and I'm really unhappy 
at the fact the club have hijacked this and now make it their event. For whatever reasons, I don't really care. It was an end of season, the only event on the social calendar, on the you know a social calendar where you get to rub shoulders with the players, have conversations with them. Some have been great and memorable for good reasons and bad reasons. I'll never forget the one, the Kevin Nolan one that we discussed. Oh God! Yeah, not episode too long ago. Episode. 69. 69, right, there you go. So you have to go back a long way for that, nearly 200 episodes. But yeah, that, that was <laughs> eventful and memorable, but, but not necessarily for the right reasons. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. And it, it, it just has this now, you know, I remember being at the last one and we were like, that all the corporate sponsorship tables were sort of down the front and fans were pushed towards the back. And you, didn't yeah. seem to, you felt kind of them and us and this separation, which isn't obviously going to happen this year because obviously it's happening virtually but yeah not not pleased about that but uh, and again not not understanding why it's such a short voting window either but if you're interested in voting go onto the club's website there are several other rewards that are also being uh being um considered as well as categories vital goal of the season nominations are still to be added because obviously we're still mid-season but and again we've still got games to play so I, I don't understand how we're able to choose a player of the season award when <laughs> potentially we could be in the playoffs I'm quite aware we've been quite moany tonight it does it will get better but yeah just to make you up Paul A how can you vote on player of the season when the season isn't finished and still got four games potentially hopefully seven games to go um, <clears throat> and B how can you hold end of season gala dinner before the end of the season yeah well, you know, I guess we've said our piece on that. So let's move on into Mooney Friday. Well, actually, sorry, just before you do, we used to, uh, we, 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 it, it was held on the bank holiday weekend. Typically, it was the last home game of the season because then people had the, um, had the bank holiday Monday to, to get over it and hiring out the Prince Regent was probably cheaper on a Sunday than a Saturday. But, but this year, you're absolutely right. I don't understand why you can't just do it after the last game of the season. Players aren't exactly going to be jetting off on holidays, are they? Well, what happens if we get into the playoffs? You can't, you can't hold it if we get into the playoffs. You can't hold it the game. Say we go to Salford, yes. right, last game of the season, yeah. and mathematically we can still make the playoffs. Yeah. You cannot hold an end-of-season gala dinner if, if we still don't know whether we're going to make the playoffs or not. Yeah, agree. How can you do it? You can't do it. Yeah. You can't do it, but... I, I presume it will get moved if if we are still in Wivershire making the playoffs. Like you said, it's yeah. only on Zoom this year. It ain't, they're not selling tickets. People aren't rocking up and making plans for the night to get babysitters or or whatever. I'm sure that will get moved if, if if we're still in with a chance for the last game of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. At the playoffs. So I think it's finally time for Mooney Friday, the 16th of April. It absolutely is. It was a quiet day at the club with no news to report. Other than Crawley beat Cheltenham 1-0 with JMD with the only goal of the game that saw them climb above us uh, as we dropped to 12th place as we obviously weren't playing until Saturday the 17th of April. Yeah, certainly weren't. So before we come on to the main event for this one, we just want to shout out happy 40th birthday to O's assistant manager, Danny Sender. Welcome to the 40 Club. It isn't as bad as it looks, mate. 40's fine. You'll be fine, Danny. Absolutely. Don't look a day over 35. So moving on then, the main <laughs> event of the day was Barrow at home. And as always, we run a, uh, a vote before the game to find out how you think we're going to get on. This is the original the original uh, voting one. There's others that are imitating us out there now, so don't be fooled. Is there? Oh, no, sorry. It's the prediction one, isn't it? Sorry, it's the score prediction one. 
I do beg your pardon. Um, so the results of this one, we had 185 votes in 24 hours. 17% thought we'd lose, 18% for the draw, but a whopping 65% thought that Orient would win. Yeah, so thanks to everyone who voted in that one. It is appreciated. So this match kicked off half past 12 due to the funeral of um, the Duke of... Edinburgh's funeral taking place. So there's no football at three o'clock. This game was moved to half twelve. So a team was announced at a very early time, half past eleven, of Lawrence Vigaru in goal at the back. Tunjak and Ola, Jamie Turley, Dan Happy and James Brophy in midfield. Hector Kipriani, Craig Clay, Dan Kemp, Louis Dennis, Connor Walkinson, and Danny Johnson on the bench. Sam Sargent, Joe Widowson, Josh Coulson, Usi Say, Joby McEnough. Nick Freeman and Tristan Abrahams. That's right, that meant there were two changes from the team that started against Harrogate as Sam Ling was out in place of Jamie Turley with Tunji Akinola moving to the right-back position and Louis Dennis came in for Joby McEnough. Mr Nussbaum, your views on that? Interesting, massive chance for Louis Dennis to prove he's worth a contract. I don't think they know what they want to do with Louis Dennis yet. I think Louis Dennis is now absolutely playing for his future. I mean, he's done all right in the kind of substitute appearances he's made obviously we do fan hub so I actually had Widowson back at left back and Brophy playing up top I should have known better and had Brophy left back and Louis Dennis on the left wing I was surprised that Oos was deemed fit enough to make the bench but not brought back in I think Hector's we've all wanted Hector to have a chance he's had a chance he's not really taken it I was surprised to see him stay in the team at Oos's expense if I'm honest um, got to feel for Sam Ling right got to feel for Sam Ling doesn't even yeah. make the squad. He started on Tuesday. Doesn't even make the squad. But decent options on the bench. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you there. I mean, it is a shame for Sam. I think Joby mentioned it about the options that he's got. He had to have Widdison on the bench in case they needed a left-back. From a right-back perspective, you've got Turley or Akinola. So it was more about covering uh, and coverage that they had for positions. Um so I think that was that was that. But I agree with you about Louis Dennis. Last chance saloon for him. I think if he'd have put in a poor performance, I think that was his. Uh, that would have been his last appearance for us. But good to see Jamie Turley back, and obviously he was rested for for Tuesday night. But again, at this late stage of the season, I, I genuinely don't see how you can be resting players. To be perfectly honest, yeah, with I agree. You. I mean, I think um, we all, I think we all kind of figured out that Turley would be back, but more at the expense. I thought Turley would be back at the expense of Dan Happy, who would be on the bench, but in. You know, it's nah. happened at the expense of Sam Ling and he's moved Tunji to right back to kind yeah. of accommodate that. Well, Dan's so, the only well, natural left-footed centre-back that we've got. So there was no way that he would have dropped him. Yeah, but I'd, I'd say on form, Dan Happy, and again, it might look silly because Dan Happy had a good game yesterday, but before then, shocker at Harrogate and been banging out of form. So an interesting one, an interesting yeah. one. A few Very tweets so. before the game, most of them were pretty much of similar ilk, so I'm only going to mention two here. Jack Ello... FC. So they don't think Happy deserves to start after Tuesday's game. But if Ling is injured, it would have been hard to change. I'm good to see Dennis starting after his performance in the last two games. And PM three one nine seven zero kept it really short and simple and said, "Dennis, really? Yeah, absolutely." So most of the tweets were all about the inclusion of Louis Dennis. So the match kicked off. Beautiful sunshine in Eton, yeah. with the O's looking to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. 
and Barrow, who are unbeaten in four, I believe, looking to keep up their improving form and pull away from the relegation places. And it was a lively opening to the match with both sides looking to score the first goal quite quickly. We had a few attempts at the Barrow goal, but nothing that really troubled their keeper. And I think we looked a bit shaky at times, especially on our right-hand side as Barrow really sort of tried to target Akinola. I think we dealt with everything pretty well that they threw at us. They looked all right, actually. I mean, a lot of the teams have come and sat back. They In the first 10 minutes, they, they weren't sitting back. They were trying mm. to you know, take the game to us. I thought Louis Dennis looked quite lively early on. I think if anyone was going to break the deadlock, it looked like it was going to be Louis Dennis. He had a decent shot. Um, deflected wide. Yeah, abso- yeah ab- absolutely. I have to say that Barrow have defended in numbers so far. They really got back uh, in numbers, got, got forward quite quickly as well. And I thought at this point, Quigley... Uh, had looked had looked quite dangerous as well at that point. He'd looked quite ambitious to get in there and get behind us. Yeah, they got a strike in good form in quickly. So yeah. let's go on to the 18th minute in the Hectic Priyanu. Lost possession. We won it back though. Counter-attack was on. Connor Wilkinson got into a good position, done the normal thing and beat about 500 men. Got uh, the ball onto his left foot, had a crack. Um, he got deflected. We won our second corner of the game. But to go back to your point, Mr Levy, he had better options and he had a much better chance had he looked up as soon as he got it because Danny Johnson was in quite a lot of space in a great position. So my first comment in view of that was that that's greedy from Wilkinson. He should have put Kemp through. Kemp was pointing where he wanted it. He should have put Kemp through. And it goes back to the comment that I made earlier about Wilkinson being a striker and his first instinct to shoot and not set others up. It frustrates the heck out of me. They absolutely, I would use much stronger language if, if this wasn't a PG podcast. Um, it frustrates me immensely. Um, he is dangerous. He is clever. He has got great feet. He is skillful. But he's just got to pass the bloody ball to a red shirt and stop <laughs> shooting all the time. Come on, mate. This is a team game where we need to score more goals. Our goal difference isn't good enough at the moment in terms of those around us and playoffs. And if we get level on points, it goes down to goal difference. We need to beef that up and we're not going to do that with you playing like that. You've got to bring teammates into it. At at nil-nil, you just need to score. So it's not even a a, a discussion where we're a goal difference. At nil-nil, you're just thinking, just pass the ball because there's people in a better position than you. But yeah, good point there, Mr. Lee. You've made that couple of points and... That one, that chance in, in particular, absolutely leapt, leapt out of me to kind of back the, what you say about it. But I think Connor, Connor's been decent this season. He's not going to change his game. I think that's something Danny will just have to suck up and live with because he's not going to drop Connor and he's not going to drop Danny and he's not going to tell Connor to play any differently. So I think that one is. But do you know what, what though? Both of them are out of contract. Who do you want to re sign? One or both or none of them? Interesting one. I think they'll both they'll both definitely get offered contracts. Whether 100%. they sign or not, I don't yeah. know. But there's there's no way that the club haven't offered a contract to Danny Johnson or Connor Walkins. Correct. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Nineteenth minute in. Let's go forward. The O's had the ball in the net, ruled out for a foul on the goalkeeper. Um, pretty bread and butter stuff for the old foul on the goalkeeper. Seemed a bit harsh, but really goalkeeper is always going to give them the decision in that one. Never a foul. The keepers come rushing out for the ball and fallen and gone over. We haven't fouled him. I thought that was a terrible decision. Barrow should have been ahead in the 22nd minute after Banks was unmarked uh, from a corner and from close range, somehow headed wide. Don't understand that one either, but thank God he was rubbish. A let off, and I guess we've spoken a bit, a bit about luck. Sometimes, you know, Connor Wilkinson's goal going in against Harrogate. <laughs> Harrogate missing those two pretty easy chances. Another one where 
Vigor should really be putting the ball out of the net and it, it's, it's coming back out of the south stand. Heck, the Kipriandu, lucky boy, because completely out-muscled for that one, yeah. completely lost his marker. Yeah, and, and yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And just sort of a point I made around the 25-minute mark, despite Bar- Barrow getting out of the blocks and starting quite sharply, we grew into that game a bit and we enjoyed over 70% of the possession in the first sort of 25 or so minutes. So really interesting dynamic to that game, how Barrow started off really sharp and bright, and, and uh, uh, but, but then we sort of grew into it and, and managed to take a lot, of con- a lot of the control, which was good. I think it was one of those games where Barrow would have been happy with a point. They know we needed to win to keep off the playoff hopes. So like, right, you can have the ball, but you're going to have to come and create something to, to, to take lead and take the game yeah. to us. So they were quite happy to sit back while we kind of passed it around looking for an opening. In the 33rd minute, Conor Wilkinson nutmeg his man, brought down, winning a free kick in a really good position. Unfortunately, it's probably one of the worst free kicks I've seen at Leighton Orient in a long time. And that's saying, saying, can't play the short pass to Brophy. Just went nowhere. <laughs> well, yeah, because James Brophy went to cross it in and, and the defender charged him down and, and it went away. Complete, completely the wrong tactic to play. Either that ball wasn't back 10 yards because that guy's made it there in rapid speed or, or, or I can't explain it, but that was a terrible... That's just You've got everybody in the box. Just get the ball in the box first time. No, no need to muck around. Yeah. Just get it in the box. Just crying out loud. Banks was at it again in the 36th minute, though, with another header from a corner, but Hector Kipriano managed to touch the ball over for another corner for Barrow that actually came to nothing. Yeah, 41st minute, the O's went close. James Brophy drove it to the box, got the ball in good position. On his right foot, curled it just over the bar. For me, should be hit. I know he's predominantly left-footed, but should, be, should have hit the target from the position where he was at. Yeah, it was a good effort. Answering critics about his right foot, though, he, he, he does know it's not just for standing on. Um, kept that a little bit lower, and, and that's an amazing goal. That would be a goal of the season contention for me. No, not for me. Not for me. You, you love a goal of the season contender. Oh, I do. You, uh, right foot is James Brophy. But, mate, it was well Oof. over the bar. It was his right foot. Oof. Didn't happen. Nothing to note to mention for the rest of the half as referee ball it to a close and out of half that honestly won't be remembered for long in the memory books. Both teams registered zero shots on target. Yeah, so the half-time scores at 0-0. Barrow well-drilled and happy to sort of camp deep in their half and let us play about with the ball and, you know, a lot of backwards and sideways and we go further into their half and there was no movement and then we'd end up having to go back and reset and start again. You know, we had over 73% of the possession in that half. And in Joby McAnuff's pre-match interview, he said we were all about taking our game to them, being positive, being on the front foot, and all this good stuff, all this positivity stuff, and hadn't seen any of it in that half. But credit and kudos to Barrow, who, who clearly came to set up to make our lives difficult. And, and they were doing that. Fair play to them. Yeah, like you said, they're not going to roll over, are they? They're, no. they're, they're, they're there. Part would have been a good result for them. So lots of tweets at half-time, lots of disappointed tweets, I would say. Dave M, eighteen twelve. so dare I say it, missing Cissé. Nobody holding the ball up in midfield. And, yeah, about your point about Cissé earlier in the starting eleven. I, I wouldn't have Cissé back in the starting eleven based on his history of not playing that well this season. So I, I disagree with Dave as well. David Barrett, six, we are so goddamn predictable and therefore easy to play against. 
Joe Jessner, 16, says, I love Clay, but he has no place at all in this system. Not technical enough to be a proper party attack and doesn't sit deep enough to take the ball off the centre-backs. Hence, Kipriano is the only option through the middle and he is being marked out of the game. Kaiki Ken Kalu said, we're going to be aggressive and on the front foot. First half shots on target, zero. That's exactly plays into the comment I made earlier. Yeah, good tweet there. So no changes at half-time for the O's as Barrow got the second half underway and in the 51st minutes, good footwork from Louis Dennis saw him cross the ball at the far post. Connor Wilkinson coming in unmarked, cushioned his shot at goal, but Dixon made a good save. That is a brilliant save from point-blank range there. He's done absolutely brilliantly, the goalkeeper. There's nothing else Connor could have done. That is a brilliant, brilliant piece of technique from, from Connor as well and a great cross from Louis Dennis. He'd, he'd, he'd had a good game, the best I'd seen so far from him, to be fair. We've not mentioned him much, but you know he, he did very well in this game for me. I thought Dennis done well there. I disagree with you there about Connor, though. Connor should have scored that. If, if we're going to have a go at Danny Johnson for missing that header, I think Connor Wilkinson, ages of time, and volleys it straight at the keeper. Could have taken it down, taken a touch and smacked it. Could have no. put it into either corner. Disagree. I think Connor should have scored that. Disagreed. I really do think he should have scored that. Disagree. I think his keeper's made a brilliant save there. I think the slight injustice is that if he'd have taken a touch, there was a defender two yards away from him who would have recovered. Down, down the keeper's throat. Keeper, if the keeper would have let that in, he would have fumbled it into the net because literally it was hitting him in the face. Yeah, but, but, you know, that's what this podcast yeah. is all about. Lots of lovely, lively debates. Anyway, it wasn't a problem. No. Just minutes later, we took the lead. Yes. Following the corner, Dan Kemp crossed towards the back post. Jamie Turley was there, headed it back across goal. And there was Dan Happy, hooked it into the goal from a couple of yards out to make us all happy, 1-0 to the O's. That's right. Better half and a good goal. Just what we needed, just to settle the nerves a little bit. Yeah, I think you said, I think we talked about, it was kind of, we don't care how they go in. Yes. How the game, couldn't care less how that one went in. Yeah, nice little happy, 1-0, take it all day long. That's Yeah, he's, he's done very well there to hook that in, Dan. Uh, Dan Happy's done very well. 63 minutes, a superb crossfield pass from Dan Happy found Connor Wilkinson, who controlled the ball superbly, passed to Dan Kemp, who expertly let the ball come across his body. He avoided the challenge of two players, two Barrow players, and fired his shot from just outside the box into the opposite corner of Dixon's goal to make it 2-0 to the O's. That's a brilliant goal. I think that's absolutely expert from Dan Happy's ball Wilkinson's control, Kemp's shot. Dixon got a hand to it, so he'll be disappointed he didn't keep it out, but I don't care. That is a brilliant goal. Well played to everyone there. Kemp's done well there. A better League 2 keeper probably saves that if you're being uber critical, but we're not because he scores a goal. Well played, Dan Kemp. Good to see him get another goal. And then straight following from that, I think from the kickoff, there's a double sub for the O's. It's Joby McEnough and Nick Freeman came on to replace Louis Dennis and Craig Clay. Possibly the best display I've ever seen from Louis Dennis, but I guess he's obviously not played a lot of football, so he was probably just being managed as well. And yeah, yeah. good to get minutes in the belt for Nick Freeman as well. Absolutely. So one time Orient Loney Calvin Andrew came on as a sub for our visitors in the 66 minute. He was toilet when he played for us. <laughs> absolute pony. Ten games, no goals, and he was absolutely forgettable. Another Orient substitution came in the 77th minute as Us Cisse made his 50th appearance for the O's as he replaced Dan Kemp. Yeah, just closing the game out at this point. Obviously, Reston Kemp, yeah, who you know, a lot. will play every game 
barring an injury, you would imagine, or suspension. Yeah. Beatling fired just wide for Barrow in the 77th minute as he initially miscontrolled the ball, but then his miscontrol gave him more time because he got there first. He shot, ball flashed across goal. Vigor was kind of stranded, but ball just went wide of the far post. Yeah, we'll fast forward 10 minutes to the 87th minute as Danny Johnson slowly ways made off the pit, made his way off the pitch to let on Tristan Abrahams. Yeah, yeah, be- minute, Barrow's still on the attack, looking for a way back into it. Cross came in, Barrow had a few shots, couldn't really get anything past our defence. As McEnough was coming out, he was fouled and the danger was gone. Five minutes of time were added on and played out as the O's comfortably saw out the game to get the win, another three points and keep ourselves in the hunt for a playoff place at the expense of Barrow. Yeah, so Joby McEnough spoke today, Victor, after the game. We're not going to play it because it's on the club's YouTube channel, um, but worth a watch. And like I said, five minutes of Joby available on the YouTube channel. So thanks to Dave for sending that over. And so that win meant we moved up to ninth place. So we've now played 42 games, won 17, drawn 10, lost 15, Golden was a plus five, 61 points, four games left to go, just one point off the playoff places. Although many teams around us do have a game in hand, but we, had, we could, that can't worry about games in hand with other teams we have to do what we have to do so the playoff dream from being very much gone after Harrogate is now very much alive again just four days later so bearded legend your views on Barrow fair play to Barrow they came with a game plan made themselves hard to break down and be walked all over but ultimately I think two pieces of of good quality from us uh, have enabled us to put two goals in a game of two very different halves the first half was really poor as a lot of the tweets that we had came in post-match uh, also uh, alluded to as well. So there's a lot of lot of uh, people seeing the same kind of stuff. Second half was much better. I don't understand why we can't start games off like we did in the second half. Why can't we have two second half performances in the first, you know in in all of our games? Uh, why does it take for a half time rollicking or whatever Joby said to for us to to to, to get off and 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 do something in a game? Best game for Louis Dennis. I thought Jamie Turley was absolutely immense. I thought Joby McEnough came on and did well, chasing stuff down, showing high energy, setting uh, an example, really, for everyone to follow. Not a great day for Hector. He got caught in possession a couple of times. He was a bit slow, a bit laboured at times, wanted a bit more time on the ball than he was actually allowed because Barrow were closing down. And I thought they pressed us pretty well, to be fair. Um, Clay was also... Poor, I'm surprised it took him so long to, to be taken off. Uh, frustrating first half of football. Uh, we're on track for the playoffs still, which I think is the overarching fundamental thing. It doesn't matter really all this uh, um, granular uh, view that we get, we take uh, in, in retrospect. The fact of the matter is we've won the game 2-0. Uh, we are still in with a playoff shout. Um, and I feel that Saturday is always much better when Orient a win and the sun is shining, which it was yesterday. So lastly from me, though, worth pointing out, Joby's now been in charge for 12 games. Thanks for to the couple of people who, correctly, uh, who corrected me last week on uh, social media. He's now been in charge for 12 games. He's won six of those. That's a 50% win rate uh, with the same playing squad that he's inherited. And he's only lost two of those games. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So, 50% win rate. Yeah, I'm happy as we sit here recording episode 243. Nicely done. Joby McAnuff getting his job all day long. All, all day, day long. long. Yeah, you're probably right. Me, if he wants it. But first half, 
didn't enjoy that at all. I thought first half, again, like we said, no one's going to remember that one. Much better in the second half, though. The first goal seemed to take the pressure off. Like, it was a much more flowing orient team and they a much more professional performance once that difficult first goal had gone in. Well done to Dan Kemp, like we said. Very good goal, well taken. Quite comfortable in the end. Um, and again, I cannot believe we are one point away from the playoffs. Had we beat Harrogate, we'd be sitting here talking about being in the playoffs mm-hmm. positions. Had we beat Walsall in that dire 0-0 game a couple of weeks ago at home, we'd be in the playoff positions. Had we taken maximum points from both of those games, we'd be sitting pretty. So yeah, I can't really. believe League 2 at the moment. I think there's going to be lots more drama to come in we, the next couple we, of weeks. Four games left. It, yeah. It's it's going to be emotional. It's going to be a roller coaster. And I think we've said this a couple of times. As long as Orient win, we don't really care about the matter of the performances. So yes. even though some of the performances haven't been great, I think yesterday we played okay. We weren't brilliant, but we definitely weren't poor, especially in the second half. Like you said, 50% win rates with 12 games gone. That's very good. That's, a, that's very good. That's very good makings of a manager. So no complaints for me. Like I said, he's a dead cert for me to get the job. Play, playoffs or not, even if we don't make the playoffs, he's getting the job all day long for me. And a huge week now coming up for Joby and the boys that will come on to later on. A few players took to Twitter after the game. Dan Kemp 11 took to Twitter. Said massive three points. Looking forward to Tuesday. Yeah, Louis Dennis uh, tweeted, LDennis10 underscore. So it felt great to get more minutes out there today. Big three points to stay in the mix. And now on to Tuesday night. Lawrence Vigor, who said three points, clean sheet. And so happy to have reached 50 games for Leighton Orient. On to Tuesday night now. You know the players are happy when they take to Twitter after the game. Because I've not seen many players tweet after games for quite a while now. So, yeah, good observation there from the bearded legend. So, once again, lots of views coming into us. Or an Outlook podcast towers just because we read them does not mean we agree with them. Boatsy is first up. He said, Poor first half, not much better than second, but more clinical. And now just one point off the playoffs. Four big cup games coming up. Still might not be enough, but need to keep positive and hope we can grind out results. Big game against Cambridge on Tuesday. Wrecker Blue App said, First half was poor, second half was a pretty good performance. Won't live long in the memory, but job done and putting pressure on the playoff places, even though I think it's unlikely. Turley playing his way to a new contract and Kemp is looking better each time. Just to go back to your point about the points that we'd accrued against Walsall and Harrogate, we'd be fifth right now. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. I think we all expected teams to put up a bit more of a challenge around us. Allford can still make the playoffs. They've kind of keep drawing more than what they're, they're winning at the moment. Bradford seems to have tailed off a little bit since beating us. They lost again um, yesterday. Forest Green Rovers won, but... It, only just after only going just. two behind. Yeah. Newport seemed like they were free for a little bit. Newport lost again yesterday. I mean yesterday. I mean it's all it's so all over the place. I mean we could win all, we could win all four and not make the playoffs. But then we could win three out of four and make the playoffs, depending on how other teams do around us. It's it's all a bit mad. Uh, but like it makes it makes for a great entertainment. Dare I um, say dare I say we're still nine points off third place. Shut up, mate. Shut up. <laughs> we are nine points off, off, off of automatic. There's not a chance we're getting automatic. Not a chance. Not nine, a scooby. Nine points. Nine points with, with four <laughs> games left to go. Underscore boy. So we'd like it. If we were a little less predictable going forward on the right-hand side, having Wilco cut inside every single time. But can't complain too much for three points. Keep calm 
and carry on watching the O's. Matty LOFC Evans said, only one point off the playoffs with four to go. Still possible, but we have a tough run. Can only see us collecting points against South End, but you never know with football. Good three points a day against a potential banana skin opponent. So that basically means that we'll beat all three opponents and lose to South End now that Matty's cursed it. Yeah. Dan Alton, 2590, says, Barn get 10 minutes spell when we score twice. Substandard performance today for the most part, but it matters little when you win a must-win game. Negative game management in the last 20 minutes was strange, considering we're behind the rest on goal difference. Gorillas1985 said, Teams losing and drawing around us, it's possible to get that last spot in... It's still possible to get that last spot in the playoffs. We are all in. Nothing is easy. And you know a 90th minute winner on last game of the season will make us get into the playoffs. <laughs> oh, don't. Don't, don't, don't. MS Orient said that's a decent three points to the attend this afternoon versus a very limited Barrow side. It did take us 59 minutes to get out of the traps, but we have to compete the whole 90. So I do not like the formation, but it's all about results and three points at this stage. Yeah, Trouser Techno said a better second half and the result we required. We need to be on the front foot for 90 and not take 45 to wake up and assert ourselves. Defensively stronger with Terls in there too. We roll on and the season stays alive. Daniel underscore D44 said another hard fought game where victory is ground out rather than crafted. I think the playoffs are a bit beyond us, but I'm still trying to work out if we deserve them or not. Defence was excellent. And Turley continues to be a revelation since his return. I like that. Victory is ground out rather than crafted. Molly Folly 2019 said, the ti- This tiresome season of mediocrity rolls on. We beat a limited team with a better second half display. And thanks to the rest of the dross in the division, we have to keep on hoping. Inevitably, we will be let down so the whole process remains tedious and painful. <laughs> Do you know what? I share some of that sentiment in there. As an Orient it, fan, it, I share some of that. It, yeah, it's that it's the hope that kills you, isn't Correct. it? Tuesday felt like it was done and dusted, and we could walk away and go right. We can kind of chill for the last five, and now yes. we won today, which is nothing to complain about. But it's now back on, and everyone's all hopeful again. So yeah. I know, I know what he's saying. I absolutely know what he's saying. Yeah. Orient underscore Ed says rubbish first half, better second half. Totally superb again. And Kemp looked good too. Things look more rosy in terms of the table. But with Cambridge coming up, nobody will be getting excited. I'm certainly not. Ed, happy birthday for uh, last week. Hope you had a lovely one. Yes, absolutely. Happy birthday to you. Pandemonium1881 said it continues to be a bizarre season. I wouldn't rate that performance and recent ones as if that is a side knocking on the playoff door. But then again... It is like the other side's fans are saying the same. Slow and predictable for 60% of the game, but two goals and a clean sheet keeps us in the chance, uh, in with a chance of extending the season. We have to be bolder when in possession and take the game to opponents, though. Possession is great and we can look very comfortable, but goals win games, even if it is just 1-0. However, saying that, it's now down to the score and not the performance. An ultimate tweet against Barrow goes to Essex Biz as well. After the first half, I wasn't expecting that. Fair play to Joby and the team. Playoffs will go down to the last game, but I still think we'll come up just short unless we win all of our remaining fixtures, which is a big ask. This league is so poor. Even the leaders have lost 12 matches this season. Mm. Very rarely does that happen. Hopefully, we'll make it 13 on Tuesday. Good so, Macca thinks it's going to go down to the final game of the season. That's a good point, that. Usually, teams that win the league 
don't go into double digits for losses. But you know, yeah. Cambridge are very comfortably in there. They've lost just three less than us uh, overall. Um, it's a very interesting point, Macca. Final word, though, goes to Graham G. 1484-3952. So we're still in it. Four cup finals to go. Never give up. Anything could happen. And P.S., if Southend lose to Colchester on Tuesday and to Orient on Saturday, they'll be relegated. Exciting teams, even if it's still bad with no fans. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that have been read out in this episode. Thanks to everyone again who sends their tweets into us or an Outlook. We're also on Facebook or an Outlook podcast. We're also on Instagram or Orient underscore Outlook underscore podcast. And you can email us also at OrientOutlook at Outlook.com. Absolutely. So moving on then to the at Design Cadby Prediction League. Ten people, I won't read all, all their names out. I'm just conscious that we're now on the one hour eight mark. So uh, well done to everybody who correctly predicted the 2-0 scoreline. You will get three points. Uh, and well done to Andy Smith, uh, 1881, Nick underscore Clark, 99, C Vlatas, Springley Neat, uh, LOFC Kai, uh, Evil's um, uh, T Mick, Eve, sorry, Evilist Mick, you all correctly predicted 2-0 and a scorer, so you all get four points. So that means the top of the Design Cadbury Prediction League is as follows. David Landau is the new leader at the top of the Prediction League. He's got 32 points. Dan Alton is still on 29 points. And on 23 points, John Band 6306573, Rob MCC68 and Wadsey. Thank you to everybody who um, who predicts the scores before the games. Stick with us. We've got a nice prize for you at the end of the season. I like, it. I like it. I'm not sure who you're alluding to, but I will find out. I think the club are running one with Brea Group. They're doing one. Oh, oh, right, right, right. And I think okay, others just randomly put Sunday, stuff up. <laughs> Sunday, the 18th April in, as we record, no news to report. So time to wrap this bad boy up at one hour. I think you said eight minutes, must be one hour ten. So, fantasy football update. Elliot Pearce is currently top of the Orient Outlook podcast Fantasy Football League on 2,054 points, ahead of Paul Baker in second place on 2,020 points. I'm having a good week so far, good. although there are fixtures going on this midweek, so it could change a lot again. I'm in 56th place out of 295 players, thanks to everyone who plays in the Orient Outlook Fantasy Football League. Well done, Mr Nussbaum. 15 place push, love that. So moving on then to the positives and negatives this week. I'll carry the positives this week. Four points out of six in the week. That's a great return. Obviously, we'd like it to have been six out of six. Uh, We're only a point, as we've said, off the playoff places. We've got the clean sheet against Barrow. That makes that 18 clean sheets for the season. And Lawrence Vigrou and Usise have played 50 games for Orient this week. So congratulations to both of them. Yeah, well done, chaps. Two negatives this week. The first leads us back to the beginning of the podcast that the ladies out of the FA Cup, had they won, would have been West Ham today. So unlucky again to the ladies. And the second negative is dropping the points against Harrogate. How valuable could those points be from the end of the season? Hope not. So those two negatives, four positives, always lovely to see. And time for the Orient Outlook podcast Hero of the Week. I'm delighted to say we finally got one after not having one last oh, week. Sweet, so ladies yeah. and gentlemen, your Orient Outlook podcast Hero of the Week is... It's Dan Kemp. Yes. So well done. 
Dan downtown cracking goal yesterday. Played all right as well against Harrogate. Um, had Turley played both games, he could have well gone to Jamie Turley. Lots of ad- admiration for Turley yesterday, but we thought we'd go for Kemp. Great goal. Played both games. So well done, Dan. Um, and we move on. Yeah, absolutely. It's another week now of two fixtures as we move into the final furlong of the season. None of these games are easy. First up, on Tuesday the 20th of April, we host high-flying Cambridge United, who are top of the league as we uh, talk about this now. Uh, Their leading scorer, Paul Mullin, assuming he's not injured, will also be gracing the Brisbane Road pitch. Uh, Cambridge have won Cambridge won 1-0 away at Newport County this weekend. They're currently, as I say, top of the league. They've won three, drawn one, lost one of their last five games. And then on Saturday, the 24th of April, we go down the A12 to Southend, who drew 0-0 away at Exeter. That's a very good result for them. Uh, they're in big trouble, though. They occupy the, uh, the final relegation place, and they've won one, drawn three, lost one of their last five games but are unbeaten in their last game, uh, last two games Sorry, since Phil Brown took over. So, going to be an interesting time. It's going to be a very interesting podcast next week. Two yeah. difficult games. We've got to take maximum, you feel, if we still have a playoff hope. I mean, Cambridge, just watch Mullin, watch West Houlihan. Uh, and if you can do that, we've got a chance. Houlihan, when they signed him, I remember people, a few groups that I'm in were like, oh, he's old, he won't do anything. He's three years younger than Joby McEnough and has had a fantastic season. Yeah. Paul Mullin literally just needs one chance for the most part and bangs the goals in. Southend fighting for their lives. Big improvements since they had Phil Brown at home to Crawley and got a great point away at Exeter. The same Exeter team who smashed us 4 0 a couple of weeks ago. So Southend's going to be a toughie. And, you know, I think the fact that we can relegate them. Potentially, he's going to make it more difficult. And I know Orient Southend don't like each other, but I, I don't. I don't want Southend to go down. I'd quite like him to go down next season, and then we can go there and have a good laugh when we, yeah. when we send him next season. But I don't know. I like. I like the closest of the derbies, especially in a league two with a very northern bias. Um, but that's yeah. just me. That would be the only reason why I'd want them to stay up. To be honest with you, a nice little oh, derby yeah. day. Um, so let's wrap this up then let's finish this off sponsorship reminder don't forget the best plastering and rendering prices around you need to visit AJF Plastering on Facebook you can contact at Big Ads LOFC on Twitter for all your plastering and rendering needs yeah that is it thank you for joining us for episode 243 so after two games that we felt were very winnable on paper and had to win to stay in the playoff hunt we come away with four points and a clean sheet and we are still just about hanging in there with the teams who are occupying a playoff place the end of the season is in sight now as we have two teams at the opposite ends of the league table fighting for different things so we hope to be talking about two more wins six points and still in with a chance of the playoffs in the next podcast and then we'll only have two games left of the season to play. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting, really hotting up now. So if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Please give the podcast a five-star rating and review. Uh, and likewise, on any platform that you're listening to, wherever you get your platform, uh, wherever you get your podcast from, if you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn and Stitcher, Add us to your favourites and that way you'll have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. We're also on smart speakers uh, and and the new fan engagement app called Fan Hub. We still have, I think, a couple of vouchers left. So if anyone wants to skip the queue and get involved, it is good fun. You predict the score, uh, predict the team lineup, 
read other read opposition fan uh, opposition club media so you get a bit of an understanding about what's going on in that that club's world so listening to our podcast could not be easier if you've got an older relative a loved one or an orient chum who you think will like the podcast i see this debate rumbling on now about the uh, super league and lots of fans on twitter saying you know going to give up supporting my premier league club going to go and support Leighton orient get them listening to this get them introduced to the club through this very very podcast so we're going to be back with episode 244 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need we look forward to hearing from you and as always keep calm have a great week and as always listen to the orient outlook podcast up the o's